Podmoth. Hello, friends. I'm Taya. And I'm Sammy. And welcome to this episode of the Offbeat Room podcast brought to you by the Podmoth Network. Today, we are joined by a very special guest, paranormal investigator Chaz. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. Thank you for coming. We're excited to have you. We're going to learn things today. Sometimes we do that, um, but we're like actually really going to learn things today. We're not just going to like teach each other stuff we found on the internet. So it's very exciting. Yeah. So, yeah. What What do you have for us? Let's just get can right I, into can it. Can I start with a question really you quick? You can start with a question, Sammy. What is a paranormal investigator? <laughs> That's a good, that's a good basic question. <laughs> a solid question. Um, it's kind of a, uh, a catch-all term um, for people who look into, you know, things that are anomalous. And that mm-hmm. can be Bigfoot, that can be ghosts, that can be mm-hmm. UFOs. Um, you know, some paranormal investigators are more specialized. They only look at ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lots of TV shows out there like that. Yes. Uh, some are more focused on Bigfoot, some on UFOs, but I actually uh, work kind of in, um, I guess what they would call nowadays, Keelian uh, mm-hmm. paranormal research. And that's the idea that all of these phenomenon and some of the weirder phenomenon like Mothman and uh, things like that mm-hmm. uh, are different manifestations of the same core phenomenon. Oh, interesting. Uh, and I specifically look at it from not necessarily that they are the same things, but whatever facilitates our interactions with them, mm-hmm. uh, that seems to be the same because we have oh. consistencies between all of these encounters. Um, you know, weird audio hallucinations, uh, something they call the Oz factor, that weird silence before someone sees a Bigfoot or sees mm-hmm. a ghost. Uh, you know, many of these factors that uh, appear over and over again in these cases, they seem to be linked. That's really cool. I've never heard of that before. So I'm excited to learn more about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, uh, well, I'm here to plug a book as well. Uh, awesome. Paranormal Expeditions. Super cool. <laughs> Check it out. Uh, but it's a, a case I worked in South America where I kind of brought these principles Mm -hmm. um and and investigated from this angle um and the the case itself the the friendship Mm -hmm. um they're a group of tall blonde fair-skinned extraterrestrials oh spooky so they claim they Mm -hmm. claim themselves to be extraterrestrials uh that live somewhere in rural patagonia in south america Mm -hmm. Uh, and they've had these weird interactions with uh local people um, some people have been healed. Uh, some people have been robbed and mugged. Oh. Uh, so it's kind of, they have this kind of murky uh, interaction with criminal elements in, in this uh, Southern Patagonia. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of went down there to, uh, to look into it. And nice. Some, uh, some of these Keelian investigation methods and some of my own investigation methods uh, to try and dig up some new information on this uh, this case that's not really known in the English-speaking world. Yeah, that's hmm. really cool. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, it was kind of, um, uh, I'm lucky, because it was kind of a case that no one's really covered. There's you yeah. know, some South American investigators who um, have gotten into it, but as far as the English-speaking paranormal world, it's kind of an unknown uh, gem. Yeah, that's really uh, so cool. The, opportunity to to kind of bring it to the the forefront has been something uh really special yeah that's really awesome yeah I've heard I mean I've heard of things like that before I personally listen to a lot of paranormal podcasts and stuff like that but that's it's cool when you hear like the like specific variations of things like you're like oh I heard something like that but the different like specifics are really cool to me yeah so the the tall blonde is um kind of an archetype that pops up in ufology yeah um, quite a bit they're you know the pleiadians um the nordics the different kind of term Mm -hmm. uh but for the same kind of uh tall blonde alien Uh, really in the 50s and 60s is when these interactions uh with this type of alien uh occurred if you want to call Mm -hmm. them aliens yeah uh and they were often here spreading like a weird version of space communism and talking about how nuclear weapons are bad. Uh, And the friendship group seems to kind of follow this 
uh, this kind of model as well, except it mm-hmm. takes place in the 80s, the bulk of the, uh, the, bulk of the sightings. And mm-hmm. they've continued on into uh, modern times, but it kind of started later than the contactee movement in the US. Uh, yeah. By that time, the aliens here had kind of already shifted over to the little gray ones that take people in the night, kind of the darker mm-hmm. um, alien that we're, we're more familiar with. Uh, but uh, south of, in Chile in particular, this legend kind of popped up in the, the middle of nowhere. Um, and it seems to be because there are some legitimate sightings, you know, mm. legitimate interactions with this group. Now, whether or not this group is actually extraterrestrials, now mm-hmm. that's a, a, a yeah. for questioning, of course. Um, I have a whole chapter where I, a couple chapters, where I look into the idea that this is maybe some escaped Nazis. Um, oh. I even went to a location in Chile called uh, Villa Bavaria, which mm-hmm. was a former Nazi compound. It was run by a man named Paul Schaefer, who was a Uh, He was later arrested for um, child molestation, Uh, but he was a Nazi and he ran this compound in the middle of nowhere and uh, they would send people, the Chilean government would send people there to disappear. And And, um, there's a movie about it, I think, Colonia Dignidad, um, Mm. Spanish language film somewhere out there. Someone wants to track it down. (laughs) Uh, But it's this kind of really dark, a uh, little corner of Chilean history. And uh, mm-hmm. Joseph uh, Mangala was there for a while. He worked in their hospital while he was touring around. Um, they had all kinds of uh, SS officers come in and out um, and kind of use the, the area for hiding. Uh, so going there now, it's been, re, uh, it's been re-themed as like a German tourist attraction. It's very bizarre and very- Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was- the closest I've been to like actual journalism where I kind of had mm-hmm. to be quiet about what I was doing and yeah. you know I wasn't going to be like oh, I heard you guys are Nazis <laughs> that probably wouldn't blow episode. over too well <laughs> yeah I had yeah. to keep it on the, the down low and just pretend I was a um, fan of German cuisine uh, <laughs> but it was definitely a, a weird location yeah um, but of course you know, this seems like a reasonable explanation. And I go into, you know, the amount of submarines, the Nazi submarines and U-boats that have washed up in South America. And it seems like a a rational explanation, but there's other aspects that don't line up. Um, The people of the friendship group, they all seem to be um, late twenties, early thirties, you Mm. know, peak physical health. There's no young people, there's no old people. Um, so if it was a, a yeah. Nazi colony, you know, you'd expect to see, see a, a colony, like, you know. Yeah, aging and things exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. And if, if they are Nazi officers, you know, yeah. these tall blonde SS, they would be much older by the yeah. 80s. They'd be, you know, in their 80s. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, a lot, several little things that, that don't quite line up with that explanation. Um, yeah. So it's, it's quite an interesting case. And uh, when you get into the UFO connections as well. Um, it just gets even more bizarre. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Yeah, I, I see the point that you're getting at with the like, it could almost make sense, but there's still that that thing there that you're like, oh, I don't know. Like when when we tried to do the, are you convinced? Like when I tried to convince Sammy that Bigfoot was real and she's like, well, what about this? And it's easy <laughs> to make those things up, but then you're actually trying to find them in real life. It can throw things off. Yeah, I'm probably the one who needs to be convinced here. Yeah. <laughs> if you need to give I'll I'll believe pretty much anything paranormal. I'm I'm into that stuff, but I'll I'll fall for most of it. Sammy's the one that to be fair, I missed out on a lot of the seventh grade ghost you, tour. You missed out I really on the did. ghost tour. <laughs> I, I was fully there for the ghost tour and I believe in it now. You were not fully there for the ghost tour and now you're skeptical. I mean, I, I, I want to be clear. I was there the whole time physically. You were physically very... present, but you were mentally impaired. That's I was, all. I, I was on many, Lots, many, so many much allergy, allergy medication. <laughs> that's the that. best way to do haunted tours. Maybe, maybe that's like a, maybe there's a, this is the next thing you have to research now, the connection between allergy medication and skepticism <laughs> in paranormal things. Well, that's actually a, a perfect segue into my style of investigation. Yeah. Um, because I do take, um, I like to go to these, you know, UFO hotspots and haunted yeah. locations. 
and take mind-altering substances um, oh. to see, to investigate that angle of where it interacts with our consciousness. All yeah, of these really entities seem to somehow, you know, uh, they seem to appear in altered states. Yeah. Uh, one thing many skeptical, skeptic researchers point out is, you know, oh, there was a CO2 leak in the house and that's why the family was seeing ghosts. Mm. Uh, and there's evidence that that causes these kind of shadowy hallucinations. But oh. the ghosts in said house are still moving objects. They're still breaking yeah. glasses and things. So there's, there's some kind of point where it crosses over from hallucination into uh, physical interaction. And yeah. that's kind of the, what we're trying to create um, in these, these kinds of experiments. Uh, yeah. And it was one of these experiments that kind of put me onto this research in the first place. Uh, and it was um, for about a month and a half on the weekends um, around my day job at Panera Bread <laughs> at the time, uh, I was doing mushroom teas and Ouija board sessions. Oh. Uh, and nothing was happening. I tried it oh. a bunch and nothing was happening. But the moments before and after these experiments, I started to see UFOs. And at this point, I was much more of a ghost kind of traditional paranormal yeah. investigator. I hadn't really considered, you know, any of that uh, kind of research too much yeah. uh, past, you know, just reading the stories. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first one, it was right when I had prepared my tea, I was just about to start sipping it when I saw a large glowing object in the sky. It was about sunset um, mm -hmm. and it got brighter and brighter and it just burst into several smaller objects, like almost like a satellite exploding on re-entry, like in oh. a Star Wars movie or something. Yeah. Um, and they just burst into these several pieces. And that, that's what I thought it was initially. I tried to find any satellites re-entering or any you know, local news coverage of it. And yeah. nothing. I couldn't find anything to, to confirm that sighting. Um, so that was pretty bizarre. Uh, but the one that kind of sold it to for me, convinced me, was um, several weeks later. Uh, this was like on a Wednesday in between two of these experiments. Mm -hmm. um, I was talking with a friend about, you know, these experiments. And he was like, okay, yeah, that's, you know, kind of crazy. Mushrooms and Ouija boards, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, naturally, I get that a lot. Yeah. So, you know. I'm like, yeah, I, I get it, but you know, that was a weird UFO. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, we start hearing this metallic hum. Oh. Um, and one of us jokingly says, oh, well, maybe that's a UFO. And this triangle-shaped craft comes above the, the tree line, and we're both kind of just sitting there. It has a light in each corner. Um, it's right above the tree line. We could, like, hit oh, it with a yeah. baseball. It was really close. Okay. Um, and it kind of just hovered there for a second and continued on. Uh, and my friend was a skeptic. He didn't really believe or entertain yeah. any of this stuff, but he was like, well, shit, that's a UFO. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was kind of a, a weird moment. And having that second person there was also what convinced me because, you know, maybe it was just a weird side effect I've been having, but having yeah. that witness who wasn't involved in the experiments was really kind of this, this confirmation. Uh, and, you know, I do think the intention of doing these Ouija board sessions with with the substance was uh, part of the reason this occurred you know I was yeah. looking for ghostly phenomenon and the phenomenon was like okay well here's this here's a yeah. curveball we'll give <laughs> and, you something different uh-huh oh you want that here's a UFO you know Surprise. It, it, uh, and that seems to be how the the phenomenon interacts it's very tricky like that That's um, it's really very mischievous and bizarre yeah um, so it's uh it's it's been fun. <laughs> it's been a lot yeah. of fun research and a lot of uh, weird times. Yeah, that sounds like the, I think I would probably cry. But you know, if if you didn't, that's good. I mean, maybe you did. That's good for you too. I'm I'm I believe in everything, but I'm also an, a humongous baby. Anytime like something falls off my desk, I'm like it's a ghost. There it is. <laughs> I'm now haunted. But do you do you generally believe in ghosts, Sammy? I don't know if we've really talked about this before. No, not really. I'm going to be honest. I'm, I don't know. I don't really know what I think, but hmm. interesting. Actually, you can't say that you, why don't you, <laughs> why don't you bring up that text message you sent me a couple weeks ago and we'll, we'll have a professional try to explain this. Sammy. I'm ready to weigh in. 
please, please. Okay. So do you want me to read the text message verbatim? <laughs> yeah. I screenshotted it. <laughs> you start explaining and I'll find it. And then if you say anything wrong, we'll, we'll know. I was in the middle of my English class and it was right about the point where I start to lose interest. <laughs> and so like three minutes in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and I don't know. Have you ever felt like all of a sudden, like sometimes I get this feeling like, whoa, I definitely just got like possessed by a ghost, but like not possessed by a ghost. Like you just have this weird energy. And then like I just started like shaking, but like... <laughs> not shaking like not purposely but not like yeah <laughs> but you don't believe in ghosts but no like it could have been just like I don't know <laughs> has, so has anyone actually, ever said anything like that to you before <laughs> well I actually think that's a fair kind of uh description um because I think a lot of times those kind of feelings and those weird uh uh, I have an instance kind of similar, kind of not. It mm -hmm. was like 3 a.m. one morning. I was on the, in, used in the, the men's room, uh, as a, a gentleman does. And my vision was like sliced in half. It like felt like, um, this is a weird reference, but in Dragon Ball Z, when Frieza gets sliced in half, his vision gets cut for that one scene. And it, mm -hmm. it did that. It's like one eye was going this way, one eye was going that way down a perfect line. Um, and it felt definitely paranormal. Sometimes mm. your brain's just weird like that. And it is, I think a lot of times there's weird things, there's weird hunches and people um, are like, oh, this room's definitely haunted. Yeah. Uh, I even had one of those today. I went to an old opera house that's supposedly haunted and it, it was, so cool. was kind of creepy. Um, yeah. But, you know, there was no, you know, actual evidence, nothing really mm -hmm. there to, to confirm that nothing moving around or, or anything like that. And that's the, the pieces of evidence that I think are intriguing. There's this tend to personify paranormal events. Um, you know, uh, things start moving and we think it's the ghost of a little Victorian boy who yeah. died of the plague. And when those things occur, I think the focus needs to be on, okay, objects are moving. It could be a variety of reasons, you know, it yeah. could be, you know, just some kind of space-time anomaly. To go to this extreme to say, oh, it was a ghost is, uh, you know, it's it's fun. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. a good story, yeah. but it's not really the kind of research we're, we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. I have another question um, mm -hmm. off topic, but I feel very strongly about this. I It is a question. So anyway, I think my, I think the place that I work is haunted. Um let me let me explain. This started a few weeks ago. So every every week I open on Sundays and I'm there for just me and like one other person. Stores closed. Half of the lights are turned off. It's already kind of spooky. But like three weeks ago, my manager and I met up in the break room and then she left to go start doing something. She told me where she was going to be. And I was like, all right, I'll walk by that when I go to where I'm going to be. And I walk out of the break room and I'm walking down one of the aisles and I'm, I like to just like look down the aisles, make sure nothing is like falling off so I can fix it. And I could have sworn I saw someone who looked pretty much just like my manager bent over on one of the aisles, cleaning things up. And I was like, oh, she's not where she, I thought she was going to be, but that's fine. And then I walked two aisles down and my manager was actually there because I checked Ooh. and I saw, I saw her all, I looked for like a good minute and <laughs> Ever since that moment, I just keep seeing people. And my manager, this is weird. My manager keeps saying she's hearing voices, but she's not seeing people and I'm not hearing voices. And it's very confusing. Ooh. And I just, maybe it's just because it's seven in the morning and I consume a lot of caffeine right before I go in. <laughs> or maybe I need to call the Ghostbusters. I don't know. How, how do you feel about this? <laughs> well, you could definitely, I'm sure you could find a paranormal team around you to, uh, to look into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe check security camera footage to see if you got any kind That's of so uh, anomalies. Uh, and when I say anomalies, I don't mean any of those orbs. That, that stuff's yeah. just dust. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I hate to blow up ghost adventures like that, but... Mm -hmm. It's bugs. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, well, and I work of... in a big store. The odds of there being balls of dust are very high. It's a yeah. So, store. you know, maybe 
if you find weird camera anomalies timed up with when you saw yeah. them or when you heard voices, something like that. That makes so uh, much. That's so smart. If you want it to stop, um, I guess you could look for CO2 leaks. <laughs> Make sure there's no gas leaks in your building. Mm. Um, interestingly enough, insect nests. Um, and this we is get something a lot I'm of still, bugs. So well, it's something I'm that... doing research into. But one uh, scientist, um, this Russian scientist, claims that um, insect nests and certain types of insects can cause, uh, you know, poltergeist phenomenon. Um, and it goes into anti-gravity stuff. It's a crazy theory. Uh, but so insect crazy. nests um, might cause uh, or be a factor in causing um, paranormal activity. Um, other things would be construction projects, anything that might create um, infrasound, hmm. you know, high-pitched weird notes. Yeah. Um, those can cause the the mental stimulations that lead to to hauntings. Yeah. Um, so those three things are are things to look out for if you're trying to get rid of it. If you're yeah, I'm gonna out, just you don't want to deal with casually it bring that up to my manager next time I work. Because and at first I was like, because I usually listen to like paranormal podcasts when I'm working, and I was like, mm -hmm. maybe I'm just psyching myself out. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I have a lot of caffeine in my system. Mm -hmm. I just woke up. Maybe I'm just being crazy, but it didn't happen at all. And I I feel like I saw like ten people today. And I know, hmm. I know they weren't there because I'd walk by the aisle and I'd be like, oh, there's my manager. And then I'd be like, my manager is not wearing black. And I would look back and there's no person anymore. But I, I feel like it's happening so much that I'm like, that wasn't just a weird thing I did once. That's, huh. This came at a good time because I was going to have to send some emails because I was like, <laughs> something is not right. I'm just going to casually go to work tomorrow and be like, hey, boss, can I just like see the security camera footage just real quick? I just want to look at something. I just want to see. Yeah, that, that's a good it. way to do it. See if there's any, you yeah, know, anything weird that's, timed up with when you. Yeah, look, well, and there's actually a camera that. right near where I saw the first one. So that would be like, huh, that's good. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'll <laughs> keep you updated help. if I find any find any bug nests or anything going on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm just very, very much a believer. But mm -hmm. I was it, like, that could be. But the, <laughs> you but know, that might what? be part of it. You yeah, know, I, if it is the I mental believe. state that facilitates yeah. these kind of things. Then there you go. Sam. You know, maybe believing is a. Uh, uh, Happening. part of it it's part, it's um, they part had, of the battle yeah it's in hypnosis and like hypnotism yeah. where yeah. you know there's what do they call it um it's like role play theory or something like that but it's the basic idea that if you believe in hypnotism you're much more easy to be hypnotized yeah <laughs> that's true it, it's i'm very a, much like that yeah it's just a mental it. state maybe it's your um, brain Taya. Yeah. I think we've established that my brain is weird, but I'm pretty sure there's ghosts. Okay, Sammy. We'll see if they can move cans off the shelf. Oh, <laughs> that's true. There's something, something there. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like, hey, ghosts, go push something, and then if they push something, I'm gonna be like, oh, there it is. Mm -hmm. As or long as check out the areas where you thought they were cleaning the cans and see if they're like stacked up weird. Oh, <gasps> that's true. Next time I see that, next time I see one, I'll look and see like if I go back by if things look weird. Maybe it's just the ghost of someone who really wants to work. You know, they just who, vibe in. Who wants to work in a craft store that bad? That's my <laughs> you. question. No, maybe they not have an unfinished bad. project. <laughs> That's they true. They died before they finished their quilt. They, and... they just really need to pick out the craft paint they're going to use to finish that birdhouse <laughs> once and for all. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, and it's it's different parts of the store, too, which is weird. Like every time it's in a different place. Hmm. So it's the spookiest thing. I'll keep you updated. I'll see well, what I can please find. Please do. <laughs> I have a question that I have yet to receive an answer because I was reading a book a little while ago. Mm -hmm. I think it's called The Raven Brothers. I don't know. Yeah, I've, I've um, never But heard it talks a lot about ley lines, but I didn't really understand what ley lines were. You so mentioned that to me once. Do you have any idea or can explain <laughs> to me what <laughs> ley lines are? turning into like a really weird Q&A of like everything <laughs> Sammy and I have ever wanted to know. It's mm -hmm. great though. I love it. 
Well, I feel I, like I, I need too. scientific <laughs> evidence. We to need answers, something. and you have it's them. It's a good question. It's a very good question. Um, if you're looking for scientific evidence behind ley lines, you're going to be disappointed, though. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, no. <laughs> the, the, it's the idea that like uh, ancient sites, and it started in the UK, um, and it started scientifically. It was this guy, uh, and I'm not going to remember his name, uh, but he was looking for old roads and these old pathways between monuments. And he did find them. Mm-hmm. Um, and his something is like Alfred Lay or whatever. So they started calling them Lay's Lines. Whoa. And eventually it, it came into the, the Lay Lines. Now, the idea was uh, hijacked by the New Age community. Uh, almost immediately, uh, Alfred Lay or whatever his real name is, uh, um, mm-hmm. he was still alive when people were like, no, these are magical pathways. They're not just <laughs> roads. Yeah. And it's, you know, between sites like Stonehenge and um, the, the stones at Avery and these locations in the UK. Um, and then, of course, people started drawing the ley lines to the pyramids. And uh, for me, the problem is, uh, the problem with ley lines is that we're on a globe. Mm. So you could draw a straight line from any point to another point because it's, oh, that's just yeah. how. It's just, <laughs> it's just, just how like it that. Works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the whole concept is, is kind of ridiculous. Like, yeah, they do kind of line up weirdly, you know? Yeah. Um, but also not that weirdly because when you zoom in, they're always off by like 16 miles or it's 28 miles off yeah. this way, but it's pretty close if you zoom out and <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, of course you can draw. It's like having a graph of infinite points and then drawing a line between the points. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's kind of this, uh, you know, it's, it's been hijacked Um there's guides you can get your dowsing rods and go out and discover ley lines Um, and supposedly houses on these ley lines are more haunted Um, but again there's not really anything to um, to go along with that though statistically there are more hauntings on houses that have underwater passageways or underground water Um, you know if there's an underground river under your house so there is kind of an idea behind the, the ley lines um, and this moving water for whatever reason seems to up your chances of, of having a haunting in that building. Um, but uh, yeah, you can probably just ignore ley lines. <laughs> okay, to answer your question, Good to, to wrap know. it up. Good to know. It, it used to be a, a way to find old roads and now it's um, magic gobbledygook. that's I like that term I'm gonna use that um another question I'm just gonna keep them coming because I'm really enjoying this what is your stance on Bigfoot oh I love Bigfoot Uh, (laughs) I I think he's very interesting um I think the people who uh, I've gone on many a Bigfoot hunt and I have never encountered anything I would Mm. (laughs) call a Bigfoot Dang. Uh, you know, the woods are creepy and weird sometimes, but yeah. Uh, the things I find most interesting about Bigfoot is the serious people who have these encounters and things. Um, it's very similar to poltergeist activity. Oh. Um, the, the knocking, um, you know, often that starts with poltergeist, the three knocks on a, a door or in the, inside the walls is very similar to the tree knocking. That Bigfoot mm. supposedly does. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, accounts of people in their tents and some spooky videos out there too um, of people, you know, hiding in their, their tents and hearing this kind of destruction going around in their camp. Mm-hmm. And then when they go out there, nothing's happened. Everything's oh. perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of what happens in poltergeist cases a lot of times the opposite way, where people will sleep. Uh, I was actually researching a case um, last week where the, this family had a poltergeist infestation and they were asleep in the other room and they woke up to find a full meal had been cooked in their kitchen without making a single sound, uh, with no smell either, bunch of cooked pasta and stuff. Oh, it's bizarre. It was very, very I, strange. I would just leave. I'd be out of there so fast. <laughs> I would, nope, no thank you. Pasta's great. Thank you so much for cooking me dinner. Cookies I'm, and everything. I'm going to fill a Tupperware and I'm going to go. I'm not, mm. no, 
really that seems like that's a place you want to stay i would know i don't <laughs> well hold on because the ghost was upset it was trying to convince the husband to leave his wife <gasps> uh, and it was like leaving notes around the house saying like oh, look i can cook for you you don't need her she's a bitch oh, oh my gosh uh, it's uh you know it's not necessarily the best <laughs> that's so cool though that's so cool that, uh, I mean, I don't, a, that's bad, but that's really cool. Yeah, it was a very yeah, I take that back. <laughs> Maybe I'd get out of there. <laughs> Maybe you don't want that. What if we were living together and we had a poltergeist and the poltergeist was trying to convince you to get rid of me? That would be bad, right? We don't want that. Well, yeah, but it would be nice to <laughs> would get. Would you leave me for a poltergeist if it cooked you spaghetti? <laughs> what? what? Spaghetti is really good. I can cook you spaghetti and I'm not a poltergeist. I just think it would be really cool to have a friend like that. <laughs> poltergeist well, is like... record a podcast with you, Sammy. But that would be so cool if it did. But I can already do that. Anyway, I'm just saying, wouldn't it be cool if we had like another roommate who just happens to not be real? <laughs> anyway, while we're at it, can you explain what a poltergeist is exactly? Because I've heard the term so many times, but I don't know what it like is like really. Uh, so the term comes from uh, Germany to, and it means a noisy spirit. Um, <laughs> and it's this uh, idea of a... Uh, it's, it's what gets attributed and labeled to the, the hauntings, if you will, that have objects that are moving. Uh, they have the more extreme elements. So that is moving objects, the teleportation of objects, um, pyrokinesis, and I guess, I don't know what the, aguakinesis. I don't know yeah. if that's a word. Makes sense. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's um, things spontaneously catching fire, um, strange puddles appearing, uh, Sometimes it's water, sometimes it's unidentifiable fluids, um, ectoplasm, okay. if you will. Uh, <laughs> but a lot of times it's weird stuff. Yeah. Uh, all the weird stuff you're thinking, blood and viscera, mm -hmm. etc. Interesting. <laughs> uh, those things seem to appear. Uh, a lot of times they will write, they leave messages, uh, writing on the walls. Um, the, the same case uh, where they were cooking the food they were on an eighth floor apartment and it was leaving messages on the outside of the windows. Um, and yeah, yeah, windows that wouldn't open. I don't like um, that. If anyone <laughs> out there does not know Taya's expression, I just want to explain it to you. Her jaw might've just hit the floor, so. Yeah, that's no, mm -mm, no, 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 thank you. I'm, I'll actually- Yeah, they're the, the kind of incidents that they make those conjuring movies about and yeah. stuff. You know, those, the, the poltergeists are uh, the, the, the spookiest ones. That's uh, the you know, that being evidence. said, some people do get bruises and scratches, uh, but I've, I've never really come across a case that like someone's died um, yeah. from a poltergeist. I don't think it's happened. That's uh, You know, like the movies make it out to be. Yeah. Uh, they- usually not always but they usually seem to be centered around a um a, an individual in the house okay. um a lot of the times it's children uh Ooh. specifically children going through puberty about Ooh. 65 percent to 70 percent of the poltergeist activity involves a kid um uh, between like 8 and 13. oh sometimes they get older and sometimes the center person is not a child um in that case again it, the father seemed to be the the huh. focus of the poltergeist it was writing its notes to the father mostly um telling him to leave his wife and to drink he wanted the guy to drink a bunch of booze and oh. tell him to go buy beer and it, yeah it was very very bizarre um, yeah. and sometimes they uh uh are Interestingly, nowadays, they manifest electronically. Um, mm. A different case. Um, these cases are from Russia because I've been on a weird hole for <laughs> on Russian <laughs> poltergeist. I'm looking for more cases that no one talks about. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, but this was another one where it was sending text messages um, between the spouses. So one, the husband would get a, a text message from the wife that says, go fuck yourself. You're a dumb bitch. You know, horrible things like that. 
and the investigators would be in the room and they would have both the cell phones and there's no messages leaving her cell phone but it's saying it's it's popping up under his his phone and they stay there for a while and then they just disappear off the phone they delete um and they have you know video of this so of course maybe it's a weird app you know maybe they programmed it but this is siberia this is the backwoods of nowhere so So it's very unlikely that they're they're faking these um so it's uh the these are the the super intriguing cases um and a lot of times people want to say you know it's a demon or something like that um but it's really these it's it's more than that it's some kind of uh, altering of, of space and time because the teleportations and these weird things uh, they do seem to have agency they do seem to have intelligence um, poltergeists uh, well most of them last for under a month so that's a good thing to know that is good yeah some of them though do go on for years um, the longer ones <laughs> I don't like that I don't like it but most of them are, are about a month long Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it seems to be when the, the child gets a little older, it just ends. Um, but uh, the ones that do go on for years, they do seem to gain um, kind of this agency and they do seem to start talking and uh, they appear to have knowledge about like people's neighbors. They like to gossip. Um, a famous case in the U- UK, if you guys haven't done it already, is uh, Jeff the Talking Mongoose. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was this poltergeist that apparently would appear as a mongoose often. Um, and he was kind of a prick. <laughs> he would like really toy with the family and like mess with them. And he'd tell them that treasure was buried out in the woods. And when they come back, he'd be like, oh, you guys are dumbasses." <laughs> he would do that like would all these me. kind of pranks. If I was um, a poltergeist, I would be that. <laughs> but he would also gossip about the neighbors. He would be like, oh, did you hear Mrs. Uh, McCrane's baby died? And he would tell this before anyone else, you know, before the town had known about it. Um, and it's similar situations in the, the Russian cases I've been working on. Um, so it's this, they do seem to have intelligence and gain this kind of agency. Yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, the Russian investigator who I got, the, who I'm reading these reports from, mm-hmm. he always references the operator of the poltergeist so he thinks the poltergeist is what he calls all of the various phenomena and he thinks that something above it is Mm -hmm. kind of like making these moves he doesn't necessarily attribute it to a ghost or an entity he he has this idea that there's the separation between some kind of intelligence and then the phenomenon and this intelligence Mm -hmm. kind of moves into the phenomenon and you know uses it but the what's happening and what's occurring is kind of something independent which is a a very interesting interesting. idea um that you know it's worth considering um who really knows though with this kind of stuff yeah (laughs) you just uh keep investigating and collecting statistics and then hopefully we get some answers that's so wild i have two more questions one is very they're both pretty short but um, first question, speaking of, I, I thought of this when you were saying that some people would get like cuts and bruises and things like that. This is probably going to sound stupid. It probably is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I went to band camp two years ago and it was the, it was the weirdest thing. Every night I would go to sleep and it was, it was like a six day camp. And every morning I would wake up out of that six day camp. I'd have a cut on one of my fingers and I by the Ooh. end of the camp had woken up with a cut on every finger on my hand is that it was something trying to come at me was something living in our cabin or was there just something sharp in my being in my sleeping bag that happened to just cut each finger once so that is that's very reminiscent of a kind of poltergeist activity and if you're out in the woods yeah maybe it's we, were, it, we were at like a <laughs> because <laughs> Uh, again, that's what kind of set us on, uh, sent me on the whole tirade oh is that Bigfoot kind of just seems to be, through my research and yeah. the, through the solid evidence out there, some kind of woodsy poltergeist um, who only is like visible every once in a while because most of the interactions is like him messing with peanut jars and stuff yeah. like that. And, or you slicing know, my fingers, apparently. <laughs> leaving footprints. Um those kind of things. Uh, you know, I was reading a case recently about 
um, this guy who was investigating Bigfoots on a ranch. And um, he, his, his house started having essentially poltergeist activity. Yeah. The trash was getting torn out and dumped all over his house. And it was occurring in silence. And the guy was like, well, this is the Bigfoot. And the researcher said, well, how could it be a big, the Bigfoot? You know, the Bigfoot you've been seeing is eight feet tall. He's mm. a giant hairy ape. There's no yeah. way he's sneaking into your house. There's, there's and your dogs your would wake up and then leaving. Yeah, yeah, you would wake up, but yeah. still somehow the trash is being, the cans are being stacked up in weird ways yeah. and things like that. Um, they, in the same case, they set up a trail cam on a location they call the peanut butter area or the peanut butter zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of the times they, they had a trail camera and they put a jar of peanut a lot of times they'd get pictures of bears tearing up the peanut butter jar yeah. and things like this. But a lot of times the camera wouldn't go off and the peanut butter would be completely empty with the lid screwed back on and it placed back on the tree branch. Now, of course, a bear doesn't do anything yeah. like that. Uh, other times the peanut butter would have just like a finger scoop out of it. Um, uh, oftentimes the lids from the peanut butter would disappear and they found the lids organized by color in a different section of the woods. And again, they only ever see these fighting images of Bigfoot, yeah. but cameras never seem to work. And that's the same that occurs in poltergeist mm-hmm. activity. And it's this weird kind of um, uh, spooky action at a distance is what yeah. they call it in quantum physics. But it's, you know, things moving without them, you know, without the, when they shouldn't be moving, <laughs> you yeah. know, and uh, it seems to be occurring in Bigfoot and ghost cases and sometimes in UFOs as well. So just to confirm, just to make sure I'm hearing you right, I could have had a Bigfoot encounter. Tay is extremely excited. <laughs> I'm very so excited because I very much believe in Bigfoot and that would be very good for me. Uh, it's possible. Every finger, that doesn't seem like something good. Bigfoot was trying to send me a message. I hear you, Bigfoot. I hear you. Well, it could have been a gnome or an elf or any other kind of bang. That's so cool. Point is, I might have had an encounter with Bigfoot or something of the likes, and I feel a hundred million times cooler now than I did before. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. (laughs) I I'm going with it. I, I, well, cause I, I, by the end of the camp, I like, I'd wake up every morning and be like, guys, I keep, my fingers keep getting sliced in my sleep. And it's just like one cut on every finger. And I was like, there, something is, I checked my sleeping bag numerous times. I was like, is there must be something sharp in here, but there wasn't. Hmm. So I'm going with it. It was Bigfoot or something of the <laughs> likes. That's pretty epic. I'm very excited. You had something to say, Sammy? Um, I the did. whole time you said you, I know. Like you wanted to say something and I forgot and it not saying anything although <laughs> there there is one question in particular I don't know if we'll have quest- time for all these ponderers but I think we've just been asking questions yeah. throughout the episode <laughs> kind of <laughs> turned perfect. into like I love it. no this is perfect we were gonna play like a question game at the end but the whole episode has kind of turned into a question game so if you just have questions just ask them there's one question from the question game that involves ghosts and the oh, question yeah. is if ghosts can walk through walls, why do they not fall through floors? <laughs> it's a valid question. I think it's a valid question. That's a fantastic question. Uh, yeah, good job, so Sammy. Thank you. The, the reason that's often attributed to apparitions uh, walking through walls mm-hmm. is that oftentimes they're walking like an old pathway. Uh, you know, that used to be a hallway that used to be a you know doorway there and it's been remodeled and they're just going down the same old path that they they once did That's uh, cool. you know the idea with those kind of apparitions is that uh, there's kind of the idea of a time slip where you're for whatever reason in that moment you're viewing a segment of the past you're viewing this person or this shade from the past um and some people say that alien abductions are the reverse, where you're seeing people from the future um, and those kind of things. It's just a, a time manipulation. Um, so the conventional answer, though, is that's why, is that they're not falling through the floor. They're not walking through the wall because they're, you know, uh, they can fly around and they're invisible. It's because they're following the same track when they were alive. 
I've never thought of that. That's really fascinating. I'm starting to question our entire world. Me too. I love it though. <laughs> I, I love this. I love this so much. Okay. I have one more question that I can think of right now. And then I should probably stop because I'm getting way too into this. Um, so I've talked to people who've used Ouija boards before. I only say this because I know you, you've mentioned using them before. And a lot of people I've talked to have either had like nothing has come from it. Or I've talked to a couple people who've used them. And like, I talked to someone once who like they used a Ouija board and both of their parents died within like a month and their like whole life fell apart. Is that just coincidence? Do Ouija boards actually bring bad things in? Is it all just like, what's going on there? <laughs> the Ouija board is, is the great debate of our time. Yeah. Um, I've had mine. It's over here in the corner. I've had mine for years, more than a decade now. Uh, and used it a bunch ever since I was a kid. Um, and like, so yeah, sometimes something spooky happens. I wouldn't say it ever spells out anything tangible. Like mm. I've never had it talk how it's supposed to. Yeah. Uh, but you know, sometimes after using it, you, you find some dead animals in your yard and you're like, maybe. Uh, yeah. But I, you know, I used it on mushrooms and I've never had any, you know, negative effects. I've never been possessed or anything that, yeah. you know, the movies claim that are going to happen. Uh, now I do think though people, um, people who are exposed to this idea because in our culture it is an evil object yeah um, you know and people who are like if you're a catholic school girl you probably should stay away from Ouija boards because oh. you know a lot of the times and especially in south america um uh, because they have a you know a heavily religious population mm -hmm. it's these school kids um who get possessed by using the Ouija board and it's because they're raised since ever since they were a kid to be like, oh, yeah, that's real and it will happen. Uh, oh. You know, scientifically, I would say it's some kind of, you know, it's uh, in that instance, it's a triggering for a, you know, some kind of multiple personality slash schizophrenic kind of incident or episode. Yeah. And, you know, that I truly believe if that's your culture and your background, then that person probably would be more beneficial to give them an exorcism than traditional therapy. Mm -hmm. If that's how they got possessed, then yeah, give them the exorcism. Yeah. And they're likely to believe in that just as much as the, the Ouija board. Um, but again, it's, it's kind of a tool that it works on your subconscious and it works on your mind and it, it's creepy to play with. So yeah. it puts you in that mental state that perhaps allows something to occur. Um, so I guess it's, if you really believe in it, you really think it's evil, uh, then maybe you can have some of those, those Hollywood negative effects. I know some people who um, have used a board and claim they had missing time. They thought they were only playing for an hour and it was eight hours. Oh. Um, you know, I've, I've heard some weird stories, uh, but I've used mine, I would say at least a hundred times and mm -hmm. nothing. Yeah, <laughs> so, I was just- you know, it's... I was like fascinated because like I said, like I've heard people who used it and had like catastrophic life events happen. Now, mm -hmm. is that just coincidence? I don't know. But then when you were talking about it earlier, you were just like, oh yeah, I use my Ouija board. And just like, yeah, like some people are like, this is the, it's the scariest thing ever. And if you use it, you're going to get possessed and <laughs> everything's going to, and then there's people who are talking about it. And it's a Ouija board. I, I just mm. use it. the casual. I use it to roll today. my joints on for years. Yeah, like I'm just, I'm just having a good, I just playing with the Ouija boards. I don't know. I was just curious. I've never used one because I'm too scared. And I now feel like I definitely shouldn't because I probably believe in it more mm. than I should. Um, but yeah, I was just curious because I've never heard someone who like well, so I have kind stuff, of, talk about it. I kind of have the opposite problem where I really, really, really want to believe in like all of it. Yeah. But the back of my mind's constantly like, nah, this is bullshit. And yeah. for whatever reason, that little part of my mind is I truly believe is why these things don't work more for me. If I had the other side where I was like, no, this is real. Like if that was what the back of my mind was saying, then I do think you you get more tangible results. And it, it may just because you're be because your mind's looking for, you know, the, okay, I use the Ouija board and now everything negative that happens is because of that. You know, yeah. it's a kind of a confirmation bias. Yeah. Um, maybe, uh, or maybe it is a ghost, but it's probably yeah. the first thing. That's really <laughs> to, fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Now I want to learn about the neuroscience behind it. I'm going to be honest. I'm more into the science. 
Yeah. Well, I have a recommendation. Um, it's very sciencey. I would recommend um, Biocentrism by Dr. Robert Lanza. Um, and that kind of work is the, um, his kind of research is mm-hmm. the scientific backbone of mine <laughs> because yeah. I am not a scientist. Um, you know, I'm here to find weird stories and research them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to take it from the, the scientific angle uh, that kind of supports this research, um, biocentrism. He's a, Robert Lanz is a neurosurgeon um, and he has this, uh, you know, theory, it fits into you know, quantum mechanics and all, all the th- stuff I'm not qualified to talk about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it goes into all of that and how uh, essentially that the human mind, uh, the human brain, its existence is essential for reality. And that reality is a constant dialogue between the neurons in your brain and, you know, chemicals and molecules uh, outside of it. And that it's much more bendable and, you know, malleable. Uh, and he doesn't really get into that part of it, but I do. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's, here's the science. Here's why I think your brain uh, affects reality. And then my research is here's the examples of people who have had their brains altered and have had weird interactions. Um, so it's uh, if you're looking for that kind of sciencey angle, go go check out his book. Um, yeah because it's uh, very interesting. I'm going to go read that now too. Now I'm interested. I love this stuff. So I'm having a, I'm having a ball. Do you have any other questions, Sammy? Mm. I feel like you should. You're very skeptical about this. Yeah, but I feel like that's on me. Like, I feel like that's, I gotta, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll ask one more question just for funsies. Say I believe my house is haunted. Oh boy. I don't believe my house Here is haunted. Here we go. <laughs> But say I believed my house was haunted by a, a poltergeist or something. Some something is coming and moving things around in my pantry all of the time. Mm-hmm. What what do I do about that? What happened? Uh, what do I do? Well, again, it, it kind of depends on your background. If you are, uh, you know, that Catholic school girl, call a priest. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, you know, living in a, a uh, you know, a rural location in some other country, maybe you want a shaman or a witch doctor. Um, if you're here in the U.S., you can call someone like me. Uh, how helpful will be? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, for poltergeists, um, again, there's uh, those kind of methods before. Look for gas leaks. Look for insect nests. Look for infrasound. Um, all of these things can put someone accidentally in that kind of frame of mind. Uh, look for chemical pollutants, maybe in food and water. Um, you know, uh, again, these things are, I'm not saying that, you know, you're just hallucinating and that's why yeah. there's a poltergeist. These things are moving. These things are occurring, but it's because of certain interaction with your mind. You know, it's, yeah. it's using your sense of reality to alter it. So okay. by looking for these things, you can, uh, you know, possibly stop that. Um, and then again, the last one is just wait. Uh, again, most of them last about a month. Just hope um, it goes away. You know, <laughs> if, if you really need it gone, I guess kick the kid out of the house. If you have like a 13-year-old cousin. <laughs> Chloe, get out. I know my sister's like that perfect age. My sister's 13 right now. Get out. See, uh, Go see your friend's house. Kick her out. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I, she needs to leave. That's so interesting. So like clarifyingly, just because I want to make sure I understand correctly, what you're saying is like something like a gas leak or something like that puts you in a state of mind to like welcome that type of thing. Not necessarily welcome, but it makes it more like it puts you in the right mind space for things like that to happen. Yeah, I like to say that it facilitates these interactions. Okay, Because, uh, you know, the again, who says what exactly that is that yeah you know, yeah it's not necessarily the it would be too new age you know to pseudoscience to say they're drawn to it mm-hmm. but for whatever reason these altered states of consciousness seem to create a higher rate of, of paranormal activity and again that's the activity that gets to the the physical um i'm not really interested in evps or you know spirit boxes or anything yeah. like that uh i'm looking to capture physical evidence and, you know, putting myself in a state or some of my research partners in a state of uh, a psychedelic state kind of mimics what those uh, those 
other things can cause accidentally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's, you know, it's intriguing. I'm going to keep at it. Um, there's yeah, quite absolutely. a few of those experiments um, in my book. Um, there's, in, if you want to read more about the mushroom thing, it's uh, mm-hmm. up on my website, chazofthedead.com. Yeah, I'll put, um, that, I'll put all of your stuff in the, the description so people can check it out. Yeah, so for for the skeptics, um, I'd say check out because you know I'm again I'm super skeptical. I know it doesn't sound like it. I wrote a book yeah. about <laughs> LSDs, um, yeah. but <laughs> I, I do take it from a, a skeptical aspect. I would look into things like um, alien implants. Hmm. People who have been abducted, they come back with these weird pieces of metal. Um, again, the poltergeist stuff gets pretty weird. Because uh, the explanation a lot is that, oh, the kid's faking it or someone in the house is faking it. Um, but yeah. the, that doesn't really make sense when they're like lighting their clothes on fire and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> Winter in Siberia, <laughs> you know, like it mm-hmm. they don't really, they're not, you know, super wealthy people who, who go through these uh, most yeah. times. It's, you know, just people who are trying to get rid of this uh, pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, keep a, keep an open mind and look for some of these weirder cases because um, yeah. you know, uh, a lot of it is easy to blow off, but there's some, some when it burses onto the physical like that, when someone's mm-hmm. got a weird grain of rice with like a computer chip in it inside them after they said, I was abducted by a UFO. I think it's, you know, it's, it's yeah. intriguing. Now, if I'm now learning about this and if I choose to like read more about it and stuff, is that putting me in the weird headspace to get ghosts in my house? Uh, probably, yeah. If, okay, yeah, there's good this, to know. Uh, idea that if you look at the phenomenon, it looks back at you. Um, now, I've been doing it for years and it hasn't, I mean, it's looked back a couple of times. I've seen a couple UFOs. I've had a couple of weird experiences. Yeah. But like, I'm still waiting for the big one. Like, I want a, a man in black to come to my door and, like, intimidate me. <laughs> I'm want, glad that you are, are <laughs> waiting for it to yeah, happen. I'm, I'm like, I would like to back. know, but I don't want a ghost bothering me. So, I uh, Abduct me, aliens. I'd love to be mauled by a Bigfoot. I if just, I, I get it. Really- if I get a ghost coming my way, I'll send him over to you. I'll be like, hey, I'm actually good, but I know someone who's more than happy to have you. I'll I'll send him I'll send him right over because I think yeah, I well, would explode. <laughs> most ghosts are are harmless, you know, the the apparition if it's if you just kind of see shadows and hear weird noises, um, you're fine. You yeah. know, uh, no one's really out. been killed on a ghost hunt. Uh, a few people, I think, have been accidentally shot on Bigfoot hunts. Yeah, but that's uh, ooh, not Bigfoot's that... fault, probably. <laughs> well, there's that documentary out right now on Hulu about the pot farmers who were maybe killed by Sasquatch. Ooh. Um, they were probably killed by the cartels. I don't want to uh, spoil it. No. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe it was Sasquatch. Right, could have been, could have been um, Bigfoot. And then there's, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with David Politis and the Missing 411. No, um, that's a good rabbit hole to go down. It's about people missing in the national parks. Oh. Uh, and while he's never said it himself, he definitely thinks Bigfoot did it. Like he's Bigfoot's taking people. Yeah. Uh, and it's fun, but I'm yeah. not sure about it. Yeah. His research needs a little work, but it's, it's fun research for sure. Yeah. Uh, and only a couple people have also died on UFO once. So if you're going ghost hunting, you're probably safe. Bigfoot hunting, remember to, you know, bring a map and a compass. That's a good uh, idea. To the woods. And yeah. then, uh, you should UFO bring five. Hunting. Five maps five and five maps compasses. And five compasses. We don't need another Blair Witch situation going nope. on in here. That's bad. Well, that movie did not end well. <laughs> the compass just starts spinning and then you're done for well, that's why you have five maps. That's why you bring extras. That's, huh. Okay, well, I'll tread lightly and keep you updated if things in my house get weird. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe if they could haunt my work, that would be chill. I'm fine if they're haunting my work. I don't need them, like, hanging out in my bedroom. That's my place. But, yeah, if they want to come haunt the store I work at, that, I mean, they pretty much already are. Maybe that's what's going on. Maybe they knew this was happening. 
Oh, you can maybe encourage it, like draw a pentagram in the bathroom, burn a candle. I would get so fired. <laughs> like last last week of work before I like leave eventually <laughs> one go. day. I'll just I'll be like, hmm, I'm just gonna I'll just like oh I spilled some paint on the floor. It just happens to be in the shape of a pentagram. It's just <laughs> it was just like that. It fell that way. <laughs> oh wow, that's a that's a way to get fired for sure. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah gonna... And then people would think the building was haunted, whether or not it was, they'd be like, Oh, didn't you hear she got fired for drawing satanic shit. Then they think I'm the one haunting the building. Then they'd be like, she's the ghost girl. And I don't need that. I don't want to be the ghost girl, but of course that would happen to me. That's just sounds like something that would happen. This has been so cool and so much fun. Sammy, do you have any other questions to ask? No questions, but um, I will. Oh, you do have to ask the one question. What one question? The first question. What first? Oh, gotcha. There's one question we have to ask you. It's not paranormal related, but it is At mandatory. All. Yes. Okay. Um, what is your opinion on cereal being a soup? Is it a soup or is it not? I'll give you a hint. The answer is it's yes, not a soup. It is a soup. Like, <laughs> what are my other categories? Is it? Is it just? Is it a soup or is it not a soup? It's just super not. Well, it's not a sandwich. So. That's true. That's a good start. It's 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 basically just like, is it a soup or is it just something else? It doesn't matter what else it is, but is it this anything is like a besides a philosophical question I wasn't ready for? This, this is, is see, I'm we, be thinking about this for years. We um, gave you the easy questions, the, <laughs> the Bigfoot and stuff. We gave you the easy things. We have to challenge you a little bit. Um, you know what? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, yeah, it is a soup. Yes! <laughs> oh, every guest has said soup so far, and every other person I've ever encountered has said no. <laughs> I fully believe it is a soup. Absolutely I'm 100% not. It is it not is, a, it soup. Is a soup. Cereal is a soup. Anyway, oh moving on. That was our important question. Before we go. Tell the people all of the things that you want them to know. Um, you can find me at Chaz of the Dead on Twitter and Instagram, um, maybe on Facebook. I don't know what that's up. Uh, <laughs> Chazofthedead.com, though. That's where all my writing and podcast interviews and stuff uh, goes out. Uh, magazine articles, all that kind of good stuff. And then, of course, uh, check out the book, Paranormal Expeditions, Hunt for the Friendship. It's available yes. on Amazon. Uh, it's full of weird stories, weird history, uh, and paranormal investigations. Uh, so if you like that kind of stuff, go check it out. Awesome. And all of the links and everything will be in the show notes. So if people didn't memorize that, you can find it super easy. Um, before we go, if anyone wants to contact us, you can email us offbeatworm at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at offbeatworm or on TikTok offbeatworm pod. We have stickers. The link is in the show notes. And I think that is it. Sammy, is there any final things you need to say? Yeah. Um, I want to say that everyone in the world should be grateful for horseshoe crabs. Why, Sammy, should people be grateful for horseshoe crabs? All right. I've read <laughs> a lot about this. And um, horseshoe crabs give so much blood every year to human beings. I'm not kidding. First of all, their blood is blue. Okay. But second of all, they're harvested for their blood. And they people usually take like two thirds of their blood, which is a lot of That's their blood. a lot of blood. And they're used to um, make sure that the... Uh, shots you know vaccines and stuff all of them don't contain bacteria so oh. that's what their blood is used for but they're starting to die oh no they don't have enough blood because you know we keep stealing, yeah, why don't stealing they just, their blood why don't they just take all of the blood i don't why do they decide to stop at two-thirds i think they as they want them to <laughs> yeah, regenerate the blood so they can keep stealing the blood but so now, now their numbers are starting to decrease. So as you, you know, I don't know if you are getting your shot or not, but if you even get any vaccines, I would say be grateful for your horseshoe cra crabs because they're the real reason why, you know, thank you it's for, possible. Thank you for You're sharing welcome. that, Sammy. Thank you, Chaz, so much for coming on the show and answering Thanks all of our stupid uh, questions. 
thank you for telling me that I had an encounter with Bigfoot. I don't care if it's only a maybe. I'm going to tell everyone that from now on. I'm excited about it. Um, yeah, we really appreciate it. This was so much fun. Yeah, this was awesome. Um, great to be here, guys. And I, yeah. I'd love to come back sometime. Yeah, well, I'll keep in touch if if I find out anything about my work and ghosts. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep you updated because now I really want to know. Um, yeah, all right. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you on the offbeat. Hello. Hello! Welcome to BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast. The commercial where two idiots debate weird phenomena. I'm Chris. I'm the Believer. I'm Cody. I'm the Skeptic. We are an LGBTQ paranormal comedy podcast. And proud members of the Podmoth Network. So, did you know there's a creature in Japan called a kappa that tries to suck a bejeweled life force out of your anus? Uh, I did not, and I'm not even going to try debunking that. Instead, I volunteer as tribute. Okay, so if you like your podcast a little spooky, a little mysterious, a lot gay, do we have the show for you? Just listen and subscribe to BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more content, search BSPodPHX on social media or visit BSPodPHX.com. Bye! Bye.